Welcome back to the Confessions of a Leader podcast. I'm your host, C. Priscilla, and today we're going to talk about the second content pillar that this podcast is built on, and that's connection. It's about the impact of connecting with ourselves and with those around us. A definition of connection is a link that joins two people or two parts together. So who we are linked with or joined with, or as we might say, connected to, it matters. And how we are connected matters too. Is it on the surface or does it go deep? But let's start talking about how we connect with ourselves. For a long time, as I've mentioned previously, I was a people pleaser. And people pleasers don't connect well with themselves. So as a people pleaser, I was so caught up in others' opinions about me that I would do everything I could to live up to others' expectations and to be the person others wanted me to be. The only thing that mattered was to be accepted. And not for who I really was, but for who I thought others wanted me to be. The problem with that is that if we do that long enough, we start to lose track of who we really are, who we were conditioned in our DNA to be. And I believe that this amazing world that we live in, if we look at the perfect ecosystems where things fit perfectly together to create this environment where we humans can live and thrive, we individually also play an important role as the person we were created to be. So all of our gifts and talents, the things that we are really great at, it's a significant part of the human ecosystem as we need people to show up and be themselves and bring their gifts and talents and skills for others to be able to function in their roles. So how can the human ecosystem function at its best if I'm not being me? If I'm a copy of someone else that I admire, or if I'm being somebody that others want me to be. In plain, we could say that if we all do the things that we are individually great at, if I stop trying to be something I'm not designed for, if I stop trying to live up to others' expectations that don't fit with who I really am just to fit in and gain approval, the real me will surface and develop and be of true service to those around me. I've met so many people through my previous work in recruitment and through my work as a coach who were dissatisfied with who they were. They didn't feel worthy. They didn't feel like they were enough. And they were always comparing themselves to others who they viewed as more successful, more worthy, and more than enough. When we get caught in the trap of comparing ourselves to those around us, we lose sight of who we really are. And we start looking at their skills, their talents, their results, and we forget that they are equipped and rewarded for running their race in their lane, not ours. And we make the wrong assumption that if they were in our shoes, they would be successful. When the truth is that if they were in our shoes, they wouldn't be equipped for running our race. They wouldn't have the experience, the skills, or the talents to do the things that we are equipped to do. So what can we learn from those we look up to, the ones we view as successful? It's how they run their race with determination, with courage to act and connect who they are with where they want to go. 
I used to look at people around me and I was jealous of their success. I wanted it so bad for myself that I thought that if someone else had success or was doing something I wanted to do, that somehow took away the possibility of me being successful in that area. Like there was a limited supply of success, and if someone else became successful before me in that area, that meant they had beaten me to success. And I've also seen this with kids. They believe that if somebody gets something that they want, that means there's not anything left for them. The truth is that it's actually the other way around. If others are having success in an area that we want success in ourselves, it is actually proof of the possibility of us having success in that same area. The only thing standing in our way is our gifting or skills. And even that can be compensated for. Remember how I told you in a previous episode that I started uh, on a teaching degree, but I quit during the first year? I had worked my butt off to get in. And the last year in high school, all I did was work and study. My social life was nearly non-existent. One of my best friends from childhood, and still to this day, who I looked up to, and still do, was determined to become a teacher. And since I had no connection to a vision for my own life, I adopted hers. And we all know how that went. So be careful what you work towards, because if you work really hard over time, you might find yourself achieving success in something that doesn't fulfill you in the end. There's a song by Anthem Lights called Who I'm Meant to Be, and there's a sentence in it that goes, I don't want to spend my life trying to fight for what's not mine. I don't want to lose myself in someone else's dream. And I've done that. And it also describes the rabbit hole that I found myself in a little over three years ago. I had known in my heart for at least a couple of years that recruitment wasn't the destination for my work in life. I enjoyed the work. There was meaning in the work. But as I grew and developed, it felt more like work and less and less meaningful. I felt like the impact was too small because I wanted to help so many more than we were able to in the market that we operated in. And the limitations of the industry started to suffocate my drive. So I was in turmoil. The company I had founded and developed was going well after hard times during the oil crisis. I had secured a highly sought-after contract in a dried-out market in the middle of the oil crisis in 2016. The global refugee crisis had required the establishment of three refugee camps in our area, and among them the largest one in the country to date. And to everyone's amazement, even my own, my local and fairly unknown company secured the recruitment contract for it. We did a fantastic job with recruiting and getting the staff of initially around 40 people with different nationalities, expertise, and language skills onboarded in time to greet the refugees as they arrived five days after I signed that contract. And as we sat exhausted around the table in the refugee camp together with the leader of the company contracted with running the camps, He said that he was so impressed with our work and wondered if my recruitment company, 
Remember, still in the dry land of recruiting in the oil capital of Norway, where recruitment companies were dying as flies and the rest were fighting over crumbles like pigeons. He asked me if we would fill the role as their HR department with me as the HR manager for the duration of the contract they had with the government. I admit, it's one of my proudest moments as a businesswoman. But what does connection have to do with this? The only reason I was invited to the table and given the opportunity to convince them that my company was the right fit for the job was because of connection. So let me tell you a story. Four years earlier, the very first candidate I worked with when I started the company wanted to change fields from finance to HR, but she had no experience in HR. But I could see her for who she was as a person. And my instincts told me that she had what it took to learn and to do the job with excellence. So when my first client, North Atlantic Drilling, was looking for an HR administrator, I sold her as the right candidate to the HR manager with all my beliefs and all my heart. They were hesitant of doing an interview with her because she lacked the skills and experience they were looking for, and they didn't want to waste their own time or her time. But the HR manager knew me, and he knew my work from previously, and he trusted me. So he agreed to meet with her. And that resulted in my candidate getting a six-month contract as an HR administrator with possibility for an extension. Amazing. But there's more. As I was setting up the contract, he called me back. He was so impressed with her that they had decided they wanted to offer her a role as an HR advisor instead, which meant more responsibility and a higher salary. She was so grateful. And further down the road, she ended up securing a steady position and high praise, just as deserved. So how does this connection relate with the refugee camp contract? Well, this woman was married to one of the guys working for the company that got the government contract to run the camps. And because she was an HR advisor, she was brought in to help them from the start. And when they saw that they needed someone to collaborate with on recruitment, she had said that the only person she wanted to work with was me. So even though there were other recruitment companies in the loop already, one of which had actually started the process prematurely expecting to sign the deal. But my company got it. And that was because of connection. It was because of trust. And it was because of when given the opportunity, I did not fall into the trap of thinking, who am I to do this? I haven't done this before. I can't do this. I don't have a degree. But for the first time, not only saying yes before I felt ready, but saying yes knowing from previous experiences that I had what it took to figure it out along the way. And I did, with my wonderful team. So this was a year in a surreal situation. And when the camps closed and the dust settled, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go back to the dry and dusty road of recruitment in an industry of turmoil and uncertainty? Or follow the nudge telling me to move on? I knew the answer straight away, even though I was scared. I knew that going back to running a recruitment company would leave me burnout 
and dead on the inside. Because I was done. Having been thrown out of my comfort zone and into a new playing field had yet again showed me that there was more on the inside of me than I had thought. And I was connecting with myself on a whole new level. I had learned that when I did what I was great at, when I showed up as me, when I was willing to learn and grow and to be comfortable with being a beginner, that's when I would surprise myself on a regular basis and my courage had grown. I knew that there was a new path to develop, but at that time, I didn't know what it would be. But more on that in another episode though. But that's why I believe it's so important to be connected with who we are and to operate in our strengths because they are the guide to developing a path for our lives that gives us meaning, fulfillment, and real joy. Jim Rohn famously said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. I believe he only scratched the surface. It's who we are surrounded with on a daily basis. So be conscious of who you spend your time with. They will either encourage and inspire you to rise and grow, or they will keep you living and working at the level you are right now. Your friends are your future. So take a good look at your larger network. And if there are people that you see are missing that would be a light for your path, go find them. Find like-minded people. And I'm not saying find people just like you, but find people with a desire and belief that there's more to life and that you can do more and be more and include them in your circle. Hang around them frequently and you will see that your desires and your beliefs will shift and grow. And also examine, are there people around you that you need to let go of who try to keep you small? just so they can continue to live comfortably where they are. We've talked about this before, but there are people who are threatened by your desire and actions to grow, and they will fight to keep you small. And they'll do it with snarky comments, rolling of their eyes, talking about you behind your back of how you've changed, and not in a positive way. But it's not about you. It's about what your deliberate development is uncovering in them. And that's painful. So release them. You don't have to reject them. Some you might, but let go of the bond that ties you to their way of living because it doesn't serve any of you. But most of all, become your own best friend. Be your own greatest supporter and get to that place where you believe in yourself even when the people around you have doubts. I personally never thought I'd come to that place myself, but I have. And that doesn't mean that I never feel self-doubt, because of course I do. But now I'm able to talk myself through it by reminding myself of all the things I never thought I could do, but I did. So the challenge I have for you this week is to write down the things you've done that you at some point didn't think you could do and write down the obstacles you faced and how you got past them and keep it handy so that the next time you are filled with self-doubt you can remind yourself of your ability to overcome and to do the hard things 
And the next time you see someone on your team struggle with self-doubt, tell them about your own struggles and share how you've come through because that's what healthy, courageous and influential leaders do. We'll be talking a lot more about connection on future episodes because where consciousness is the mind at work, connection is the body at work. And next week, we'll talk about the third content pillar, which is cause or calling. It's the driving force of how we live and work. Can I ask you a favor? If you like this episode, I would love it if you hit subscribe and head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. Because my dream is for us to get some amazing leaders on the show as guests so we can pick their brains and get them to share their secrets of growth and success. And I've heard that they check out the reviews before they say yes. So that's why we need to do this together. I need your help. And thank you for hanging out with me today. And until next time, I wish you a great day in service to your family, to your workplace and your community. Enjoy life. Neat Levi.